Hi, thanks for joining us on Hometown to Hollywood. This is Bonnie Wallace, author of Top Hollywood Acting Teachers, Young Hollywood Actors, and The Hollywood Parents Guide. And today my guest on this episode is actor, podcast creator, and author Matthew Del Negro. Matthew's success has been well-earned and slow-burning. He began doing small theater productions in New York before landing a pivotal role in season four of The Sopranos. Since then, his career has spanned theater, film, and TV, and he's best known for his roles in Goliath, Huge in France, Wind River, Scandal, The West Wing, When We Rise, Hot Pursuit, Teen Wolf, and many, many more. In 2017, after describing his career as being told no for a living when speaking to near graduates of MFA theater programs in LA, Matthew created and launched his podcast, 10,000 No's, which can be listened to on the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and at 10,000nose.com. On it, Matthew gets up close and personal with successful people from all walks of life about the 10,000 no's that they've had to endure and the struggles they've had to overcome on their journey to where they are today. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's really nice to be here with you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. When I started reading the advanced copy of your book, 10,000 No's, which everybody listening to this podcast should just order, pre-order right now, or by the time you listen to the podcast, I think it'll just be out. Go get it. Um, I was struck by how similar our missions are. You know, I think it's so powerful to tell the stories of people who are successful, but what it took to get there, you know, because it so often looks like, oh, of course, it's just so easy for them. But (laughs) But when you learn really what's behind what you see... I think it's I think it's inspiring and I think it's very educational. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just something that has been a theme that I think I've been kind of interested in probably my whole life. But, you know, before we started recording, you were talking about Sopranos. And that was a time when, you know, because that was such a big show, it was one of those first times after ha- having done this for a while in New York and, and, and training and, and doing tiny stuff that nobody saw all of a sudden you're approached by strangers and the way that people would talk to me they like oh man like they had I was like you have an idea of my life that's way different from what my life really is you know like you're there's a huge gap between what you think I'm up to and what it really is and yeah. and you know years later when I started the podcast that was the general gist which was like if I feel that way what about people in other you know not just in our industry but what about CEOs of companies what about pro athletes like it's probably the same and what I've found is yep <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody just like woke up you know with a, like a, a Super Bowl ring on their finger just, that just doesn't happen you know not in real life anyway we were talking also just before we started recording here and I was asking if you preferred to be called Matt or Matthew and you said well there's a story around that and and would you share that because it's actually a specific story in your acting Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad we kind of discovered that because I just thought with your audience is younger actors, they might like to hear this. So, um, yeah, growing up, I always went as Matt or in high school, it was like Matty D when I was in college, it was Delhi. It was, you know, and then I became an actor and I got headshots and my first 
set of headshots, I guess I had written Matt Del Negro because that's, that's how I knew myself. I never, Matthew was way too formal in my mind. So I would go in and they'd say, slate your name. And I'd say, Matt Del Negro. And inevitably they, they would go, Mac? And then I go, no, Matt, Matthew. And, and I remember thinking like, how many Macs do you know? Like, I don't know any Macs. And I'm like, <laughs> I know about 50,000 Mats. Like, why do you think I was, so it, it, you know, it happened once, happened twice. Then it started happening over and over again. I'm like, Matt, Matt, Matthew Del Negro. And I just said, next time I get headshots, I'm putting Matthew Del Negro. And so now in, in a funny way, it's translated to when somebody says, Hey, Matthew, I'm like, Oh, I know that person through, through my acting career. You know, it's a, it's just like a different, it's funny. It just, it just kind of evolved that way. That's interesting. Well, and there's a whole other layer there, which is that there's a sort of a psychology to having a different name professionally when you're a very well-known person than the name that your close inner circle calls you. And I kind of have come personally to feel like that's not a bad thing. Interesting you say that because I always felt there have been, I can't even think of what they would be now, but there, that was one of them where I think when I started, people would say that, well, what, you know, do you want a stage name? And I remember vehemently saying like, hell no, like, this is who I am. This is my past. This is my identity. But you're right there. If, if I really was forward thinking, maybe I would have thought, well, that's, you know, I just don't think I was thinking that way back then, but it's almost like you, you are creating this brand and you separate that persona from the real person because there is a, there is a, a difference. There's a persona ultimately, and there is a brand ultimately. And, you know, like these days, I mean, and this was, you know, when you started your career, it was, it was before social media was a thing, but these days, you know, young actors who are starting their careers in the middle of social media, you have to think about all that stuff up front. You know, what is my Instagram handle? Is it the same as the name on my IMDb sheet? Is it the same as the name on my headshot? Is like, is it consistent all the way through like good branding should be? Yeah, well, I screwed that one up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> we well, talk okay. about your. Yeah, I mean, my Instagram is at Maddie Dell. So then I'm like, well, it's at Maddie Dell on Instagram, but it's Matthew, at Matthew Dell Negro on Twitter and Facebook. I'm like, holy cow! I, I wish I knew this, but I just didn't. I just didn't know. You know. I saw that. I thought, oh, that's so great. That's just so. It's just. It's just great. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm telling all your listeners, whatever I say today, just do the opposite. <laughs> well, you have been working and successful for long enough that you really have some serious wisdom and experience to share, which I think is so wonderful. And 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 I just I just love that you're on the podcast. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I do know you're asked a lot, and it's, you even talk about it in your book a little bit. But it's I think it's helpful to frame you know who you are and how your journey started out. Um, and 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 one of the, the questions I do like to ask every time is, you know, when did you know you wanted to be an actor? Because there's different answers to that. And some people are like, you know, oh, I've I've known since I was three and I could talk, you know, and, and that sounds like that wasn't your story. No, it wasn't my story at all. Um, I, it's very specific when, well, actually when the seed of it was planted, was very specific. I was, I was in, um, I was studying abroad between sophomore and junior year of college. I was in Italy and, uh, I was 
going out with a girl from my college. We, we were in different cities over there. Long story short, we broke up while we were there, which sparked what I like to call my quarter life crisis. I was 19 going on 20. My sister had given me a journal before I went and you know, I, I still have that journal. And I look back, like the first couple of entries were like the, you know, BS obligatory, like, you know, today I went to the piazza, you know, <laughs> I saw such and such. And, you know, it was like, my heart was not in it. Then this breakup happened and that journal became a life raft for me. And I literally stopped going to classes. I was like laying on a, on a lawn in front of a church, like, eight hours a day, pouring into this journal, buying another journal, had a real, uh, you know, the, the Joseph Campbell talks about the, the, the call, the, the hero's journey and the call. It really was like that. It was a call from within though. It was, um, I had a lot of things that were kind of stuffed down. I think that I wasn't really dealing with and it just, you know, that, that incident kind of jugged them loose. And, and, uh, and, and I just basically puked out into these journals, everything I was going through. And, um, one of the things I said in that journal was maybe I'm going to be a writer, maybe I'm going to be an actor. And when I, even as I was writing them, I was so scared by that because that was nowhere in my view at all. It was like, what? It was like someone else was writing it. You know, uh, I was playing lacrosse at college. I, ironically, the reason I went away between sophomore and junior year and not when people typically go away the spring of junior year is because that's the lacrosse season. There was division one lacrosse. Like I, that's what I was doing and I didn't want to miss it. Ironically, this trip took me 180. So by the time that season came around, I was no longer playing lacrosse. I went back, I played fall ball. I just kind of like, I had this incredible experience that summer. This just found my voice and then came back and I went right back to what I was doing for a couple of months. I, I went, I, I did fall ball. I, I, you just, I just got right back in line and it was the end of that fall. We were, it was a practice. We were running around a field and I had the thought, I wish I just rolled my ankle. Like I want to be out of here. And I thought, this is crazy. And I went into the coach and I said, coach, I'm, I think I'm done. And he said, think about it. And I said, I've thought about it. He said, you still have a slot in the team if you change your mind. I said, I think I'm done. That weekend, you know, freaked out like, oh my God, because my identity was wrapped up in all of it. Like I was on a path. I was, and all of a sudden now I was like free floating in space. Like what the hell are you doing? And then, you know, I think a lot about the issue of identity. It's so powerful. You know, who you were in the world and, and to yourself was an athlete, it sounds like. And whoever it is that we identify as, if that gets taken away from us or it stops or what have you, we literally don't know who we are and it can prompt an existential crisis. Yeah. It's powerful. Um, I, I worry about that with actors sometimes, you know, cause it's really easy to identify as like, well, I'm an actor. It's like, no, you're a person who acts, you're a human who acts yeah, and you're always think, human first. Right. Well, don't you think, I mean, well, I'm just thinking this right now, the thing about that experience was that I was so out of my element in Italy and it was different people, you know, the young people are not going to get what I'm saying because 
cell phones did not exist. You know, if you wanted to call home, you needed a phone card. Literally, you'd go to, I think you would go to like a, I can't remember, like a pay phone and you put in some like code and you would call. So I didn't, I didn't really have the option to even talk to family or friends beyond this thing that was like counting down the minutes. I had limited time. So I really was so on my own, out of my culture, not only out of Boston College, but out of America. You know, I was, and, and in many ways, it's kind of what happened during COVID to me and to a lot of people. Yeah, I was working on this show right, that I'm here right now working on, City on a Hill. We got cut after three episodes and I was home. And I had this very, as, as I've talked to a lot of people lately, this, this very interesting experience over the last seven months. You know, your identity is, is almost pulled from you. And what else do you have? What else are you doing? What's your, what are your relationships like? And, and those are the things that are really the meat of acting. When you're thinking about your character, who, who is this person? What do they stand for? What are their values? What are their attachments? What do they want? Why are they here? Why are they in the scene? What do they want from the scene partner? You know, it's, it's all the stuff that you can get on a track and kind of forget about in some ways. You get lazy, you get, you know, you get on a treadmill and you're not doing the work. Hi. With the entertainment industry changing every day, I'm continuing to work to be a source of inspiration and information in your life. As it's been for five seasons and over 120 episodes, the Hometown to Hollywood podcast will be there for you. Now, I'm asking you to be there for us. The podcast has been a labor of love for years, and now I'm asking if Hometown to Hollywood's been a friend to you, if it's helped, educated, and inspired you, please become a supporter of the podcast. For only $5 a month, the price of a latte... You can become a friend of the podcast and help me afford to continue to do the work that you've come to depend on for honest, insightful interviews that shed light on how to succeed in the entertainment industry. If you can afford it, pitch in $10 a month and become a good friend of the podcast. Your support helps supplement the people who can only give $5 a month. Join now. Just go to hometowntohollywood.supportingcast.com. Dot FM. That's hometown to Hollywood dot supporting cast dot FM. And in just two clicks, you can have access to the complete version of this incredibly informative conversation, as well as each upcoming episode and the entire collection of over 120 past episodes. If you can't afford $5 a month to subscribe, the first 10 minutes of every episode will still be available for free. Subscribers get the full episodes delivered right to their inbox. Thank you. I appreciate your support, and I can't wait to share the exciting upcoming conversations with you. Meanwhile, if you could use some one-on-one -on -one coaching, invest in a video consultation session with me. Just go to hometowntohollywood.com and click on the consultation page. In 60 or 90 minutes, you can get peace of mind and a detailed action plan. Remember, the future belongs to those who believe in their dreams.